Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us this Friday, if you're listening to it on Friday at least. And we are here in the studio of the Brick Building, again at a tall table, with me and Jody. We're back. Hi. Yes, we're diving in. So before, Jody, before we dive into Genesis 20, we were talking and we feel like it's probably just right for us to acknowledge some of the craziness that happened in Genesis 19. Right, right. I mean, it's a hard one to read. It's hard to process. It's hard to get that to sit. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, just dive in. You ready? Yeah, let's go for it. So 19 is heavy. We have Sodom and Gomorrah, the two angels arrive and um, they're going to stay in the the main part of the town and Lot is at the gate and says, oh, heck to the no. Yeah. You need to come in my home. Real and, quick. Yeah, now. Um, and so he brings them in. Um, and, and like in that custom, that time too, if you brought them into your household, that meant you would also protect them. So there was yeah. a responsibility that came with that. So he brings them in. This men of the town, and it says all of the men of the yeah. town come and surround and the home and say, um, send them out. We want to have sex with them. Yeah. Um, they talk about that being a dominance kind of a thing, which um, is just craziness. And Lot, in this weird twist, says that he'll send out his two daughters. And yeah. I, that, that is tough to read. Yeah, so culturally, like Jody mentioned, hospitality is the highest value in the mm-hmm. Middle East at this time. Someone shows up to your door, you got to feed them, you got to protect them, you got to show them a good time, like appropriately. So when Lot has these people come to his house, I can understand having pressure to go, okay, I got to make sure you guys are fed and <clears throat> given water and taken care of. But when these people show up, it's as if maybe Lot thought this was like a noble thing to do is offer his daughters and Jody and I were talking about this, and we just have to say together, like, no, Lot made a mistake here. That was sinful. Yeah, it was very sinful. It was wrong. And you feel horrible for the daughters, and you're just looking back at him going, dude, I don't care how high of a value hospitality is. That was not okay. And again, um, I'm not sure if he was fully aware of it as to who these angels were, but um, God would have taken care of it <laughs> one way or another. Right. Um, and yeah. I guess, again, this is a picture of God's disdain towards sin in general, like kind of what happens in this whole chapter. Right. Like this is not okay. This is not okay. And it just, yeah, it absolutely shows why this was taking place in Sodom. It really paints the picture of why Sodom was destroyed. Mm-hmm. So I do love um, verse 10 real quickly. It says, but the men, it was when the the men from the town are starting to close in on Lot. And in verse 10, it says, but the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door, just showing the power of these are not ordinary men. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then even what happens with Lot and his daughters at the end of the chapter oh, gosh. is really perverted. And again, not of God. Right. It it's is not, not of God. It's not of God. He's not blessing it. He didn't instruct them to do this. This is perversion at the highest level. And so what you see is that Lot chose to put his tent and his community by Sodom. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, Sodom controls him. And it's penetrated his family. It's like the way of thinking, even the father-daughter relationship. Well, and his wife looking back because yeah. she started to like what was there probably. And so yeah. she put, turns into pillar salt. But also from that union of the daughters with their dad, which is so bizarre to even process, came the Moabites and the Ammonites who will actually go against 
the yeah, Israelites in in the coming time. So it's and just to put this in like a crazier, I don't know, perspective is Ruth. Yeah, is a Moabite, and that's Jesus, like great, 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 great grandma. Right in the line of Jesus. In the line of Jesus comes a woman who comes from this line. Right. So on one hand, you want to throw up. On the other hand, you're like, wow, God, you will take any of us if we are willing to repent and turn. And even sometimes it's just flat out God's grace. So is that not what the lesson is here, Clark? Like it, we, I mean, these people did not earn it. There's, it is by the grace of God we are saved, oh, and yeah. we just have to receive that um, because we don't have to clean ourselves up to get there. Yep. We, we often think we have to do something or um, be better before we can walk into the church building or talk yeah. to God, and that's not how it is. Yeah, I talk to people often who say, Pastor, I can't come to church. God yep. will zap me dead, or yep. he'll shoot me down with lightning. And or I'm the like, church will start on fire. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> you need to know the church you're stepping into. Like, we all need the Lord. Yeah, no we all kidding. Need the Lord. So, yeah. Anyways, now let's jump into chapter 20 for us today. And here we have Abraham lying again. Again. Sarah's kind of in on it. And it's like, man, why why are we doing this? You know, I think one of the things that baffles me as we start this chapter 20 is all of these chapters are happening really closely in succession, like 17, 18, 19, and 20. So, So remember, we just in 18 found out that within a year... Abraham and Sarah are going to have a child. Yes. And and then what do they do? They they pass her off and say, No, she's my sister, and hand her off to some other king to be yeah. it this is craziness to me. Yeah. And yet it's how they work. So all this was it was it within a couple of months. Yeah, it's not like twenty years has passed and they nope. forgot. No. Nope. It's crazy. One, this is just a random side tangent, is I was like, how many Abimelechs are in the Bible? Oh. I read this chapter, and there's like another Abimelech. Because then when you read about Isaac, Isaac touches base with another king, Abimelech. And then you have Abiathar's son, who's a high priest. He has a son named Abimelech. And you have these other Abimelechs later on. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's so confusing. Yeah, most of them are not good. There's yep. a few, in one, maybe one in there. That's okay. But anyways, just a side note. Lots of Abimelechs as you keep reading through. Um, Genesis. But yeah. one of the questions for me is Abraham and Sarah are lying again. And I'm just wondering, like, why is it such a big deal? And why is it such a big deal that the author makes it clear that no one slept with her, basically? And I guess what I kept coming back to was the promise God right. gave Abraham. Because let's say someone did sleep with Sarah. And then 12 weeks later, she's like, yo, I'm pregnant. The whole there had been confusion and questioning on the air, and who's the dad? It'd right. be like, I don't know, Judge Judy or whatever those TV shows are like. You are the father. I'm not sure what those are even called, but um, they've been like it'd been TV drama, reality TV show. Who's the real dad, and is God's promise true? I don't know. It might not be. So when you see that, not only you find out no no one late late lied with her. But then also there's infertility across the Philistines. It's like God is making it really clear that his promise to them, to Abraham and Sarah, that the heir is going to be Isaac, is still true and it's still of God. Right. And that offspring is of the godly line, not anybody else's. So you see, so there are consequences to our sin, but you see how God can actually enter in and intervene as well, right? Mm, Yeah. Because he didn't let Abimelech take Sarah, 
into his bedroom. Like mm-hmm. there's there's a protection there even in the sin of the lie. Yeah. Which is so, you know, the grace of God yet again. What's bizarre about this too is that when I was reading this, I, th- I thought I was rereading 1 Samuel when it when um, they take the Ark of the Covenant. And it's like the same story on repeat where they take the Ark of the Covenant um God basically wipes them out and is like, you guys are going to have boils and tumors right. and infertility and, and you're not going to be able to do anything. It's not like God's people rose up to the occasion and were like, we're going to beat you. God just wrecked them God himself. And they're like, get out, go away. And so that's when they put the ark back on the cart and send it back to Israel. Right. And See here, because <laughs> what's crazy about this chapter here is that like they end up giving Abraham money. Right. And possessions like, dude, here's a thousand cattle. Here's a thousand gold shekels. Right. Leave. You're like, Abraham is better off after lying and cheating and deceiving. and deceiving. And somehow he leaves this for the better. Right. And that's the same thing in 12, chapter 12, Genesis 12, when he yeah. does it with Egypt. It's the same story. Like uh, all these gifts. And you just go, really? He got rewarded, um, which is crazy. A couple things in that. One of the things Abimelech says to to um, Abraham, what did we do that you would do this against us, that you would hurt us in this way? And um, it's one of those just noticings where our sin does not impact just mm-hmm. us. There, are, There is a price to pay um, for people around us when we sin. And um, I think we like to think we can keep it under control, and that's not, that's not the way it works. And then another thing I, I just noticed in verse 13. Yeah. It says, um, let me find it here. I can read it for you. Yeah. When God called me to leave my father's home and to travel from place to place, I told her, do me a favor. Wherever you go, tell the people that I am your brother. Sarah's and Abraham's lie together. Yeah. So this, he says, when we left, I told her, it's a premeditated lie (laughs) that they repeated (laughs) over and over again and did not learn and did not change their mind, right? And so, but, and so it's easy to look at this and just go, what the world are you thinking? And yet here are we, here we are again, Clark, like we talked about this on Wednesday. Yeah. What in our own life? Yeah. Where in our own life are we repeating sin and still wondering why it's not working? For sure. Right? Habitual sin does not pay off. Right. And it affects everybody else around us, not just ourselves. Absolutely. But what's still just mind-boggling to me is God's kindness. Because when it comes yeah. down to, like, what do you learn about yourself in this passage? Well, we're like Abraham and Sarah. We, you know, have habitual sin. What do we learn about God is he is still so incredibly kind and blesses them and works for their well-being in and through right. their terrible decisions. Yeah. So... One of the side notes I still want to press into, though, is that there are consequences to our sin. For sure. So going back to Genesis 12, they go to Egypt. They pick up a bunch of wealth, but that's probably where they picked up Hagar. Exactly. And then you have Hagar and Ishmael, and then that drama and division. And then here again, you have problems later on where people aren't trusting each other. Then they're fighting over all their wealth, and people are getting killed. And it just doesn't doesn't bode well. Right. There are definitely consequences, and they will pay for those. Yeah. In the future. Yeah. So Genesis, all kinds of um, takeaways and learnings. But I think, church, as you listen to this and kind of we part ways today is think through habitual sin Mm -hmm. and really the the beauty of confession and repentance. And often why we don't do that is when we like our sin or we're afraid. 
again, that motivation of fear of I don't want to be found out. I don't know what God's going to do to me. Well, the truth is God already knows. And when you look at these passages, you just see nothing but kindness and tenderness and patience. Right. You know, with the case of Sodom and Gomorrah, but that was like years of just wicked, heinous, bad sin, like really wicked, evil sin. And so eventually God, if God was just, he'd have to intervene and do it. If he didn't do anything, he wouldn't be just. Right. And I even, even going back to 19, it talks about the outcry. God says the outcry of his people is why he went there. So clearly, um, godly people had been persecuted by this place because, I mean, maybe as they were traveling through or... Um, whatever that looked like. But um, we, we definitely want a just God as much as we want a merciful God. Yes, that's right. Awesome. Wait, I'm, yeah. I, that's all I have. Anything on your end? No, I think it's good. Okay. Well, hey, thank you for listening to the podcast. And as always, it's Friday. We want to invite you to worship on Sunday. You can uh, join us online, ERCLA.TV, or you can find us on YouTube or on through the church app. And uh, we'd also love to see your pretty faces in person. So, Services at 9, 10, 30, noon, and 6 p.m. in English. And uh, we also have Spanish services at uh, 10, 30, and noon. And a Nepalese service at 9, 30 a.m. So you're all invited. We hope to see you then. Uh, thanks again. And Jody, thanks for taking time this week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, thanks for having me. God bless you. All right, God bless you all. We'll see you soon. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.